Hey, last Sunday was an amazing Sunday, wasn't it? We celebrated the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And let me just say, it has just been so cool for me throughout the course of this week just to hear all kinds of stories about all that God did. There's so many things just still coming out about God did this, you didn't know about this, God did this. And, and uh, my, my week has just been spent being busy, just connecting and following up and, and uh, just, just working with what God has, has given us. And so we just praise God for that. He did all the work. We just joined him in his mission, and it's been a great, great privilege. We've seen people give their lives to Jesus. We've seen uh, people finding a church family. We've seen transformation starting to happen around the blocks of this neighborhood and on college campuses, and so it's just been really, really cool. We've been featured on the news. Some of you didn't know that. Most of you probably didn't know that, but we were on Nesson last Sunday night, the New England Channel, and uh, it went Mayor Marty Walsh and then Charles River Church, and so that was, that was really, really cool, and uh, let me just say, Pastor Ryan looks even better than he does live on camera. He looks really good on camera. And so, yeah, it it was great. But, you know, the real news is the gospel. That's what it means. It means good news. That's that's the, the real news, that Jesus has died for our sin and that Jesus is alive. And it is a huge deal. It changes everything. Listen, a dead man came back to life, and he told us that it would happen. And and prophets of old told us that it would happen. He is God. He is the Messiah. It's amazing. And and I know for for me and hopefully for you, it hasn't stopped last Sunday. It's just been a week of of celebration, and we're going to continue that celebration uh, today with baptisms. That's what we want to do. We just want to continue celebrating. And so I'm going to teach for a few minutes, and then what we're going to do is we're going to baptize, and then we're going to celebrate and we're going to baptize some more, and then we're going to celebrate, and it's going to be a really great time together. Sound good? So that's what we're going to do. And uh, here's what I'm going to ask of you. I'm going to ask you to really celebrate, all right? I know we got a lot of white people in the room, but I want you to, to really, really celebrate. It is permissible to make some noise and to cheer and to praise God. Uh, it's very appropriate. People have been change. And so when they're coming out of the water, clap, support them, let them know that God is good and faithful, and uh, we're going we're gonna to celebrate. Did he say that? <laughs> I told you before, baptism is one of the coolest things that we do here, but I'll also say this, it's one of the weirdest things that we do here, right? I mean, it's, it's kind of different. If you think about it, it's, it's, it's kind of strange, if you're thinking, yeah, yeah, we know. We know it's, it's kind of strange. Uh, I was born into a tradition where we sprinkled people. And so I got sprinkled as a baby and then was later uh, baptized upon coming to, to faith in Jesus Christ. For others of us, you, you grew up in this whole dunk people in water kind of thing. So it's, it's maybe normal for you. And, and for, for others of you, you've been around neither. And this is just completely Strange, watching two people come up to a, a body of water and one leans back and gets dunked into the water and comes out wet in a Boston public middle school. It's just, it's just strange. And so what I need to do is I need to take a moment to explain. First of all, the church is not a building. The church are the people who have given their lives fully to Jesus. And so whether we meet here or whether we meet like I do when I go to Central America under a tree... In 100 degree weather, we're the church. And so it doesn't matter, a church building, a middle school, a tree, uh, we're the church. The people are the church. That's why we do it here. And then the other thing that I want us to know is that 
We are the church and God has told us to do something. He has told us to baptize people who have given their lives fully to Jesus. And baptism is not something that saves you from sin. When we talk about salvation, that doesn't come through baptism. Salvation is something that has already happened in your heart. And baptism is this public display before all these people that I have given my life to Jesus. We're going to look at some scripture in just a minute. And you're going to see that first you become a disciple of Jesus. And then it says to go then baptize disciples. And so you don't become a disciple because you're baptized, you're a disciple, and then you get baptized. It's kind of like uh, not long ago with my, my kids, I was, I, I was kind of fidgeting with my, my wedding ring. And my, my two oldest boys, Isaiah and Luke, and they're hanging out with me. And I took my ring off, and they about flipped the lid. <gasps> you're not married! You and mom got divorced! And I said, no, 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 that's not how it, that's not how it works. It, the, the ring isn't what makes me married to your mother. We said our vows... We were husband and wife, and then we put on a ring as a picture, as a representation of what had already happened, of the vow that we had already made. And that's exactly what these people are doing. These people have been uh, believers, some for a very long time, some uh, just recent. But they're saying, listen, I want to declare to you that I'm taken, right? Just like my ring says, hey, ladies, they're always coming after me. I'm taken, right? I'm taken. Not a problem for me, maybe for you. So last week we celebrated Easter, and the big idea is that God became a man, Jesus of Nazareth, in a very podunk little town. He came into this humble existence. He knows what you're feeling, the pain, the struggle. He knows it very well, except the Bible says that he was without sin. He lived perfectly the life that we could never live. He was undeserving of death. The Bible says that the wages of sin is death. Minimum wage? That's, that's what you earn, your wage. The wage, what he earned, or we earn with sin, is, is death. But he never sinned, and so he does not deserve death. But he decided to die. He decided to lay down his life. In fact, the Bible says from the foundations of the world, it was his plan to come and to live perfectly and to die for you and for me in our place as our substitution so that so we stand before the, the Lord and he says, how should I let you into my kingdom? How, how, how can you say that you're right with me? You say, I, I've messed up. I've done nothing really ultimately good in my life. It's, it's all Jesus. God, look at Jesus. It's his life for my life, his death for my death. And so he died. But if he was still dead, it would be kind of a eh, big deal. Nice guy, good teacher. Said he was going to die and he died. But anybody can arrange a death, right? But then he comes back to life three days later and we celebrate that. On Easter. Now the story continues though that he, he, he walks in this earth and appears to people for 40 days confirming for people I am in fact alive. Lots of eyewitnesses to the resurrection of Jesus. And then after 40 days of appearances he then ascends back up into heaven. But what we need to know is that before he ascends he tells us some things that we need to hear. And so I just want to read this to you. You'll put it up on the screen. If you have a Bible, you can certainly flip there. Matthew chapter 28, 19 through 20. It's known as the Great Commission. This is one of the last things that he tells his followers, his disciples, right before he ascends to heaven. Matthew 28, 19 through 20. This is what we should be doing with our lives. This is what we live for. He says, go therefore. 
in light of my authority, in light of my work, and everything that I've done, my life, my death, my resurrection, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. And so here's two things that he gives us real big. He says, make disciples. And then after they become a disciple, they've given their life to Jesus. They trusted in the work of Jesus and the resurrection of Jesus in their place. Then baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And goes on, he says, and teach them. In other words, hang in there with them. You don't say, good, they're done. They continue to grow. These people who are being baptized are not saying, I'm, I'm awesome. I've got my act together. That's not what baptism is at all. They're saying, I'm a follower of Jesus, and I want to continue to grow. I want somebody to continue to teach me to live out the words of the Bible, as he says here, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And the people who are being baptized t- today, they're, they're, they're doing a couple things. They're, one, being obedient to Jesus. Jesus says, be baptized once you become a disciple. If you haven't been baptized, I want to encourage you. Talk to us. Write it on the back of your connection card. I'd like to be baptized. We'll, we'll make that happen. These people today are being obedient to Jesus. And then the second thing that they're doing is they're displaying to you what he has done in their hearts and what he can do in your heart as well. And so let me read you one more passage of Scripture. This is Romans 6, 3 through 4. Here's what uh, this passage says as it explains baptism. It says, Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death. We were buried, therefore, with him in baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. And so here's what this great passage is telling us it says that when a person is baptized, they are identifying themselves with Jesus' death, his burial, and his resurrection. Again, scripture says that the penalty for our sin is death and death eternally, eternal separation from God, but that Jesus died for our sin so that though we die, yet we can, we can live if we place our faith in what Jesus has done. And so those people who are being baptized are saying, I'm identifying in what Jesus has done. Here's the picture. The death, the burial, and the resurrection. They go under the water. It's like going into the grave. And then the coming out of the water, it's like resurrecting to new life. Jesus died, and so I die to myself, to being Lord of my own life. Jesus resurrected. I want to resurrect to new life in Jesus. And I'm identifying what Jesus has done, his death, burial, and resurrection. I need that or I don't have life. That's what these people are saying. They're identifying. It's illustrating what Jesus has done. And so let me ask you all a question who are not being baptized here today. What if God in his perfect plan brought you here today to speak to your heart? What if God brought you here today on this abnormal Sunday in the life of our church where there's not a full-blown sermon, but there's an opportunity for you to hear stories of people who have been changed by Jesus, where you're able to see a picture of death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus and be reminded again, oh yeah, it's not Easter, but it's still Easter. It's still new life. It's still hope. Because of what Jesus has done and that hope is extended for you. And so what these people are about to do is they're about to identify with Jesus. And they're also ultimately inviting you into something as well. They're saying, listen, he's done this in me. Here's my story. And maybe you hear their story and you identify. Maybe you hear bits of their story or combination of various stories. And you say, that's kind of something that's happening in my heart as well. 
And I'd love to invite you to give your life to Jesus today. And so at the end of the gathering, I just want to remind you of that again and invite you to begin to follow Jesus. But let's listen to these stories. Let's baptize. Let's sing. Let's celebrate. It's going to be an amazing uh, few minutes together. And so let me just pray and ask God's blessing in our time. And uh, we'll get right into our baptisms. Let's pray together. Father, you are so good because you save people in your great love. Love originates with you because scriptures say that God is love. And it's amazing to us that you and your great love would extend it to the very ones who sinned against you, who stabs you in the back. That the rescue from sin and death that we ultimately need can only come from the one that we sinned against. It's this crazy irony. We're so in awe of you, Lord, and your grace that you give us chance after chance after chance after chance. And we're here today because you're giving us another chance to be reminded of the message and hope of Jesus. God, work in hearts as we hear. Encourage the people who are being baptized that they would know that, that just like witnesses at a wedding ceremony, we are witnesses here of this amazing day where they're identifying, I am taken. I am Jesus is alone. He is everything to me. My life revolves around Jesus. And so, Lord, encourage them, encourage us, bring people into the kingdom of God today. Do what you want to do by the power of the Spirit of God that works among us. We pray these things. Amen. Well, our very first baptism is going to be Emily Newman. So I'm going to invite her to come on up here. gotten to know Emily over the, the course of this school year, and it's been really a, a huge privilege, and just to, to learn her story and all that God's doing in her life, and just the, the growth that has happened in her over the course of uh, the year. She's a maniac originally, and so she's from Maine, for those of you guys who didn't get that joke, and so um, it, it's cool to have her down here. I won't give everybody the, the Massachusetts nickname for us, but what you guys call us, that might not be appropriate, but anyhow... It's, it's so cool to have uh, this, this awesome girl and just see what God's doing in her life. And so she's going to uh, share into this microphone her story. And uh, you guys listen along and uh, be encouraged. And then we'll uh, baptize. Um, I'm Emily. I'm a sophomore at Babson College, 20 years old. Um, and I came to Christ on October 6, 2013 through Crew. For those of you who don't know what Crew is, um, it's a Christian ministry that has a specific focus on college students, really prevalent all over the world, not just in America, but especially in Boston. They're really doing great things, but I'll get to more of that later. Um, so where does my life begin with my story? It really begins with my family. I was not raised in the church, but I was raised to know Jesus, um, but I was really closed off to it. And I remember, I got thinking about this this weekend, I remember thinking when my parents tried to tell me about Jesus, I was like, nope, stop talking, I don't want to hear this. Something inside me stirred that this wasn't right. So they just kind of, I don't want to say stop, but they really wanted me to figure it out for myself. Um, so I did not have a Christian community growing up, but then I came to college and I found crew, Mr. Benjamin Pierce over here, I'm staring at him. Um, so friendly at our organization fair, my first day of freshman year. And I just remember thinking, wow, these are great people. I think I'm a Christian, but I know I don't go to church. I don't pray, but I want this for myself, even just to explore. 
So I signed up. Um, I got invited to go to a freshman dinner, and it really spiraled from there. I started going to life groups, which are like Bible studies, but so much more because they really see how you're doing, and they really want to know like um, how your life is, and they really want to lead you further to God. Um, so they invited me to Fall Retreat, which is held in Lake Winnipesaukee, New Hampshire, and there I knew that I was ready to make some type of decision. There was a difference between what I was feeling as a Christian and what the people I could see were as Christians. I didn't know what that next step was, what that connection was, but the connection was that I needed to pray um, to accept Jesus. And so a wonderful speaker named Mark Gauthier, he works down in Orlando at Cruz headquarters, was the speaker, and he laid it out really plain and simple. You need to pray to Jesus that you give your whole life to Christ and he will come to you. He will give you his Holy Spirit, and it will change your life forever. And it so has. Um, I jumped right into student leadership. I went on a summer missions project um, right here in Boston for two weeks. I just went down to Panama City Beach, Florida to um, evangelize on the beach with a bunch of college students who don't know Jesus. That was scary, but really, really awesome. Um, and now I'm getting baptized, and it's amazing. I look out at the crowd, and I just see a community I never had, and I get a little emotional. It really is to see what God can do with people's lives like mine. And I said I wasn't going to get emotional, but how could you not when God is such an amazing thing for this world? So I thank you so much. And I'll step away from the microphone before I freak out. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Emily. Have you trusted Jesus Christ alone for your salvation? Yes, I have. Is it the desire and the intent of your heart to follow him all the days of your life? Yes. Based upon your profession of faith, I now baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We're buried with him in baptism and raised to walk in newness of life. <laughs> Love it. Well, next up is Alyssa McCarthy. So she's going to come up here and share her story, and it's been cool getting to know her just over a few months, actually, uh, and just kind of how God's been working in her heart and her life. Had her over for dinner, my wife and I, and she, uh, I don't know if you enjoyed, but you got to experience life in the White House with my, my kiddos, and uh, just really, really have been grateful to have you around and be a part of your story. And God, you know, the scriptures say uh, that, that God works long before we're even aware that he's working. And so he's been working in her life for a very, very long time. And, you know, the Apostle uh, Paul says that, you know, some will plant the seeds and some will water and some will sow. And I don't know where in the process we were, much, much longer after the, the seed planting and the watering. And we've just been able to see what God's doing. And it's just been so encouraging uh, to be a part of Christian witness all over New England. And so she comes to us from the south shore of Boston or Massachusetts and uh, it's just been really cool. So I'm going to have you go ahead and share your story and excited to hear from Alyssa. Hi, everyone. Um, I'm Alyssa. And um, so my church story, story started when I was a kid. I grew up going to church. But um, to me, church was a social activity. It wasn't, Jesus wasn't really involved in my church growing up. Um, so that's what, how I viewed it. And when I was in the beginning of high school, I went to a Christian camp and I heard the gospel story for the first time. I heard that Jesus died for my sins and that he wanted me to follow him. Um, the problem with that for me was during that week of Christian camp, um, 
God kept being described as my father. And for me, that was a huge struggle. Um, my earthly father, I didn't really trust him that much. He, I didn't have a good relationship with him. And I didn't really, um, I didn't really want another father to let me down. Um, so I shied away from following Jesus then. Um, but God knew what I needed. And um, about when I was about 15 years old, um, a friend shared with me a Bible verse that said, um, greater love has no one than this, that he laid down his life for his friends. And that's from the Gospel of John. And um, that really, really struck my heart hard. It, it really made me think that even though God was a father and he was creator and he was provider, I really just needed a friend who wasn't going to let me down. So um, that was when I decided to follow Jesus and I decided to trust him with my life. And um, since then, it hasn't been easy, but um, following Jesus has given me such a great identity, and it has um, just given me such a good purpose in life. So, yeah, that's it. Alyssa. Have you placed your faith in Jesus Christ alone for your salvation? Yes. Is it the desire and intent of your heart to follow him all the days of your life? Yes. Based upon your profession of faith, I now baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We're buried with him in baptism and raised to walk in newness of life. Praise the Lord. We're just going to continue celebrating. You guys can have a seat, and we're going to continue baptizing. So Heidi Leone, please come up and tell us your story. Heidi has just been, let me tell you, a special part of our church. Um, Right from the moment she came in, she got plugged in. She's got a gift for hospitality. So many of you have been on the receiving end of that. And uh, so we praise God for Heidi, and the Lord's doing awesome things in her heart. So tell us your story, Heidi. Good morning. Uh, When I was two years old, my mom got remarried to the man who I consider dad. He accepted... (laughs) This is going to happen. Many of you know the story of my dad and the struggles he's been going through. So this is really hard. Um, My dad accepted me fully as his daughter and has raised me with abundant love and so much support. I had been baptized as an infant in the Catholic Church as both of my parents were nominally um, and culturally Catholic, but neither had a personal relationship with God. When I was a young girl, my mom, who's here, started attending a women's Bible study and through that came to know Christ. At that point, we started attending a church, and I got involved in the children's programs. Not long after being involved, the youth minister, Ken, was going to be moving away and paid us a visit. He said that he knew that I had enjoyed being involved in the church 
and seemed to really understand what was discussed and going on. He wanted to make sure that I had taken the step to have my own personal relationship with Jesus. He did this by asking me if I was confident that I would go to heaven when I died. My mom, who was there with me, said she was very surprised when I said no, as she thought I was already a Christian. Ken said, in order to be sure, I needed to talk to Jesus and accept his invitation to be my friend and savior. I knew I was a sinner and not worthy to get into heaven without a relationship with him. I wanted to take that step and accept his gift. So mom, Ken, and I knelt around our kitchen chair and prayed. I'm not sure I realized the big step I was taking. I was only seven years old, but I knew that I was different after it happened. I couldn't wait to tell my friends and especially my dad. I think it really helped me to talk through my decision and help me understand the depth of my commitment. My dad came to faith shortly thereafter. Over the rest of my childhood, we grew in our faith individually, as well as the three of us as a family. Each morning when I would come downstairs, my parents would be reading their Bibles and their devotional books. That is one of the most influential examples that are still with me today. I recently took a spiritual gift assessment that clearly stated that one of my gifts was faith. That doesn't surprise me, as even when I strayed in my 20s, I never doubted that Christ was there for me. When I finally turned back to him, he welcomed me with open arms. Today, I continue to seek a closer walk with Jesus. I know that it is important to connect with other Christians, so I'm involved here at CRC through a connections group as well as with my personal devotions and Bible study. I'm incredibly blessed to still have my parents to share my faith. We work to encourage one another and pray together. Though I still stumble and fall on a daily basis, my faith in my God holds me strong. As my human father adopted me into his life, so has my heavenly father. I wanted to share Galatians 3, 26 and 27. So in Christ, you are all children of God through faith. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. Heidi, have you placed faith in Jesus Christ alone for your salvation? Is it the desire and intent of your heart to walk with him all the days of your life? Then based upon your profession of faith, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, buried with him in baptism, and raised with him to walk in newness of life. 
Michael, come on up. Uh, we, we have just had this amazing privilege of being spectators to what the Lord has been doing in Michael's life as of late, and we just praise God for the opportunity to, to dunk him this, this morning. So, Michael, tell us your story. Save the best for last, right? <laughs> I got my iPhone here like every college student would. Okay, so I'm going to go right into it. I have to say, uh, Pastor Ryan and Josh have been influential beyond words to me in my spiritual walk with Christ, and um, I'm beyond grateful to you too, honestly. So here we go. I've always known I was a Christian, but until recently, I did not know exactly what that meant. After going to college and falling into a deep pit of sin, I was at rock bottom and completely lost in every sense of the word. That's when God came knocking at the door to my heart, at the door to my heart, and I willingly opened. The Lord used my rock bottom as a solid foundation for on which he would rebuild my life. From that point on, I prayed for the Lord to renew me and change my heart of stone into one of flesh, as he promises in Ezekiel 36, 26, saying, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. How blessed and holy our God is to offer us salvation and newness through his Son, Jesus Christ, to renew us so that we may be living proof to his true glory and power. Each day the Lord continues to renew my soul by the power and promises of his word. It's passages like Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 that keep me going each day on my spiritual journey with Christ. Here it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. As I said before, I did not know what it meant to be, this, uh, to be a Christian, but this time I have the answer. Acknowledge him, trust him, depend on him, and he will make all your paths straight. I'm here today to be baptized as a testimony of my faith. Thank you for being here, and may, the, may glory be to God and the Lord our Savior. Michael, have you placed faith in Jesus Christ alone for your salvation? Yes. Is it the desire and the intent of your heart to walk with him all the days of your life? Then based upon your profession of faith, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, buried with him in baptism, and raised to walk in newness of life. Awesome.